Psalm chapter 89 verse 1 And instruction by Ethan the Ezraite. Some people think that Ethan was Jeduthun, a wise man in Israel who was alive during King David and King Solomon's time. But even if he wasn't Jeduthun, Ethan was certainly a very wise man who had a reputation of speaking wisdom just like Solomon did. Of the kind acts of Jehovah to the age I sing, to all generations I make known thy faithfulness with my mouth. He will sing for the rest of his life about the faithfulness of God. Songs are very powerful, and that's how Satan uses music and song to influence people into perversion and all kinds of sin, and even into depression. A lot of music on the radio causes people to get depressed, and it's by design. Music is very powerful. But Ethan is going to use music to tell the whole world how faithful the Lord is, and how kind he is. 2. For I said, To the age is kindness built, the heavens, thou dost establish thy faithfulness in them. This is another expression, and we've heard this before in the Bible, saying that God's kindness is so great that it fills the entire atmosphere. So it's unmeasurable. It's actually not hyperbole, it's an understatement, because his kindness fills the universe. 3. I have made a covenant for my chosen. I have sworn to David my servant. This is now speaking from the Lord's perspective, saying that he made a covenant with Israel and he made a promise to King David that his throne would be eternal. This is also a song of remembrance to get the Lord to remember as well as the people. He wants the Lord to remember that the Lord is kind and that he made a promise to King David. Because at the end of the song, you'll see that when this was sung, it was during a time of great trial and testing in David's kingdom. I would imagine this would have had to be written when Absalom was trying to usurp the throne, because the kingdom is in crisis. 4. Even to the age do I establish my seed and have built to generation and generation my throne, Selah. The throne of David will be eternal, but not as people thought it would be. Obviously, there are no more kings of Israel, but that is because the king of kings already came, and he is a spiritual king over the entire universe, not just Israel, and he's coming back. So it's his throne, the throne of Jesus Christ, that will last forever. But Jesus was a descendant of King David. 5. And the heavens confess thy wonders, O Jehovah. Thy faithfulness also is in an assembly of holy ones. The stars, the sun, the moon, all testify to the wonders of the Lord. And in an assembly of righteous men, they also will confess the faithful one who is the Lord. Otherwise, they're not righteous. Anybody who doesn't extol the name of the Lord can't be righteous, because they're a liar. 6. For who in the sky compareth himself to Jehovah is like to Jehovah among sons of the mighty? Sons of the mighty could be referring to angels, but there's nobody who compares to the Lord. The Lord is high above every being. 7. God is very terrible in the secret counsel of his holy ones, and fearful over all surrounding him.
there are holy beings in heaven that he that he has conversations with about us and he is terrible because of his holiness his holiness will kill us literally we will die if we see his face because we're so corrupt because of our sin even after he forgives us we're still not pure like he is because we did sin at some point and actually in truth we've all sinned a million times in our hearts even if we had only sinned once we wouldn't be holy because he never does anything wrong and that's why he's terrible because his holiness is lethal we can't stand before it that's why we have to be righteous and clothed in his righteousness in order to go into heaven 8 O Jehovah, God of hosts, who is like thee, a strong jaw, and thy faithfulness is round about thee. God of hosts means God of the heavenly angel army. It calls him jaw, and that is a nickname for Jehovah, and Jehovah is a derivation of YHWH, which nobody can pronounce. 9. Thou art ruler over the pride of the sea. In the lifting up of its billows, thou dost restrain them. The pride of the sea could be whales or any super large octopus or whatever is in there. And the billows also are part of the pride of the sea because those waves are deadly and extremely powerful. But the Lord rules over all of it. 10. Thou hast bruised Rahab as one wounded, with the arm of thy strength thou hast scattered thine enemies. Rahab is a colloquialism for Egypt and pagans in general, and it says that the Lord has wounded the pagans that surrounded Israel, which he did in King David's time and in Joshua's time. 11. Thine are the heavens, the earth also is thine, the habitable world, and its fullness thou hast founded them. There is habitable world and non-habitable world. There's caves and there's rivers under the earth's crust that we cannot abide in. We can't live there. And that is all part of the world. But the habitable world is where we can actually live out here on land. This verse has said, that he is Lord over the ocean and Lord over land, because that's what the habitable world is. And it says all of the heavens, meaning the sky and the stars and all of that are his. 12. North and south thou hast appointed them, Tabor and Hermon, in thy name do sing. Israel goes in a north and south direction. On the map, it looks pretty vertical. And... Tabor and Hermon are around the vicinity of Galilee, where Jesus often walked. So throughout Israel and Galilee, people will sing the name of the Lord. So this verse is prophetic. 13. Thou hast an arm with might, strong is thy hand, high thy right hand. A high hand means a hand ready for battle, because you raise your right hand when you're saying charge. This is saying that the right hand of God is strong to go to battle. At the time that this song was written, David needed the right hand of God to fight for him to keep his kingdom. And Jesus is the right hand of God because he is the Son of God. The Son carries out what the Father wants done. This is an ancient truth from time immemorial, and that's why Jesus is the Son of God. 
he carries out what the Father wants done. 14. Righteousness and judgment are the fixed place of thy throne. Kindness and truth go before thy face. The Lord gives judgment to the weak and the needy in kindness. That's what judgment is all about. It's about helping the weak and the needy. And in this song, we will learn that it's King David and his kingdom that is weak and needy. 15. O oh, the happiness of the people, knowing the shout. O oh, Jehovah, in the light of thy face they walk habitually. The shout is the victory shout in war. And it's saying, happy are we when we shout your victory. 16. In thy name they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness they are exalted. We are exalted in the righteousness of the Lord. That's pretty amazing because it's his righteousness, yet it lifts us up. His righteousness is capable of lifting you up out of the muck and the mire. 17. For the beauty of their strength art thou, and in thy good will is our horn exalted. It says that you are beautified when you make them strong. When the Lord makes us strong, he makes himself even more beautiful. It says our horn will be exalted in your goodness, which means our strength will be exalted. Because strong animals have horns, and their power is in their horns. So it's just a euphemism. 18. For Jehovah is our shield, and of the Holy One of Israel our King. The Holy One is Jesus the Lord. 19. Then thou hast spoken in vision to thy saint. Yea, thou sayest, I have placed help upon a mighty one, exalted a chosen one out of the people. Here it's talking about King David as the chosen one, and the Lord has placed his hand on David to make him mighty. And Ethan is reminding the Lord that he has made David mighty. 20. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him. David was anointed by Samuel when David was very young. He was anointed to be king, and the Lord told Samuel to do that. 21. With whom my hand is established, my arm also does strengthen him. The father had his hand on King David, and his son was strengthening King David. 22. An enemy exacteth not upon him, and a son of perverseness afflicteth him not. When David's throne was established, he subdued the enemies around him, and nobody could afflict David in the beginning of his reign. 23. And I have beaten down before him his adversaries, and those hating him I plague. And that's true, the Lord did punish and discipline the surrounding pagans who came against David during his reign. 24. And my faithfulness and kindness are with him, and in my name is his horn exalted. This is a repeat of something that was said earlier in the song, so it's probably part of the chorus. 25. And I have set on the sea his hand, and on the rivers his right hand. Israel had the Mediterranean Sea to the west, and the Jordan River to the east. From the Mediterranean Sea to the Jordan River, King David reigned. 26. He proclaimeth me, Thou art my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. King David did confess that God was his rock, and his salvation, and his Father, and his God. He said this in earlier psalms that he had written. 
28. I also firstborn do appoint him highest of the kings of the earth. This is talking about King David being the greatest king who ever lived. And that is absolutely true. There's no king or queen today who is greater than King David was. Because he walked with the Lord. Not because he had more money or more friends or better headlines in the news. But because he walked with the Lord. But this is also an allusion to Jesus Christ who would come from David, who is the King of Kings. 28. To the age I keep for him my kindness, and my covenant is steadfast with him. He made an eternal covenant with King David that his throne would live forever. What it really meant was that out of him would come the Messiah whose throne would last forever. King David is no longer king. He's up in heaven and he is worshiping the king. 29. And I have set his seed forever and his throne as the days of the heavens. That's just talking about the fact that Jesus, the Messiah, whose lineage was of David, will reign forever in heaven. 30. If his sons forsake my law and in my judgments do not walk. 31. If my statutes they pollute and my commands do not keep. 32. I have looked after with a rod their transgression, and with strokes their iniquity. The Lord says, if the generations that follow King David do not obey the Lord, he will punish them, just as you would beat somebody with a stick. And that did happen. There were many generations that practiced paganism after David died, and they were all punished by the Lord, with the pagans coming and plundering and killing them and even kidnapping and carrying some of them off to foreign lands. 33. And my kindness I break not from him, nor do I deal falsely in my faithfulness. The Lord always keeps his promises, but remember, all of his promises have the word if in them. You can study the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and every single promise has an if. His promise is that if we obey him, then we get all of these blessings. Sadly, in most churches today, they never tell you that there's an if in the promise. They just tell you that you're blessed. You aren't blessed unless you obey his commands. 34. I profane not my covenant, and that which is going forth from my lips I change not. The Lord says he doesn't break his promise. And to make something profane is to make it like a cuss word. If he were to break his promise, his words would have no value. They would become profane. Cuss words have no value because essentially they don't mean anything. That's what profanity is. It's meaningless language. 35. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I lie not to David. The Lord said if I say it once, it's true, and I don't tell lies. 36. His seed to the age and his throne is as the sun before me. This is not sun worship, it's just saying that his throne will be bright. 37. As the moon it is established to the age, and the witness in the sky is steadfast. Selah. It's also saying that his promises are like the moon and the stars in the sky. They're established until the end of time. 38. And thou, thou hast cast off and dost reject. Thou hast shown thyself wroth with thine anointed. Now this is where the song turns, and it's very common for poetry and songs to have a turning point in the center or at the end. That's when you really get the full idea of what the song is about. So here he's saying, 
you have made all these promises, you're kind, you're good, and it's saying that all of this is true, but you're really angry with us and you're punishing us, saying, Lord, remember the promise you made and please stop punishing us. The Lord doesn't forget anything, but we still have a right to remind him because we're worshiping him when we remind him of his promises because if he wasn't so good, he wouldn't have made the promise in the first place. We're also telling him that we remember what his promises are, which means that we listen to him. And we're also telling him that we know he will give us the breakthrough that we need and answer our prayer because of his promise. So this is where the song turns and asks the Lord for help. Judgment has come on them, and that's because David sinned with Bathsheba. The short-term fallout was that he lost his first son that he had with Bathsheba. But the long-term fallout was that Absalom came against him and tried to destroy his kingdom. 39. Hast rejected the covenant of thy servant. Thou hast polluted to the earth his crown. This says, you are now destroying King David's crown, even though you said you wouldn't. This isn't prophetic because it was sung when the kingdom was in turmoil, and you and I know that God restored that kingdom. Absalom was killed, and David remained king. When the song was sung, they didn't know that God was going to restore the kingdom, but they should have, because the Lord made a promise. 40. Thou hast broken down all his hedges, thou hast made his fenced places a ruin. And that means that his kingdom was no longer fortified, it was no longer a fortress, because Absalom's men could come in, and they did. They took over Jerusalem for a short time, and David was out in the wilderness for a while. 41. Spoiled him have all passing by the way. He hath been a reproach to his neighbors. Absalom even slept with some of David's concubine women, and that would definitely make David a reproach. 42. Thou hast exalted the right hand of his adversaries. Thou hast caused all his enemies to rejoice. This is saying that the enemies against David are winning. 43. Also thou turnest back the sharpness of his sword, and hast not established him in battle. Well, actually David just refused to fight Absalom. So maybe that's what it's referring to. It isn't like he really lost. He just wouldn't fight. 44. Hast caused him to cease from his brightness, and his throne to the earth hast cast down. Now this is a little bit of an exaggeration, because David hadn't completely lost the throne. He evacuated Jerusalem, and he went into the woods to wait and see what would happen. He didn't want to fight his own son, but he still prayed for restoration, and he was putting all of his faith in the Lord to fight the battle for him and bring him back to the palace. 45. Thou hast shortened the days of his youth, hast covered him over with shame, Selah. David was fully mature by the time Absalom came against him, but it is shortening the days of David's life if Absalom kills him, which Absalom didn't. Perhaps to Ethan, David seems youthful, which makes sense because certainly Ethan would have been a lot older than David. Ethan might have seen him as a youth. 46. Till when, O Jehovah, art thou hidden? Forever doth thy fury burn as fire? It's saying, are you going to be mad at us forever? 
It's telling the Lord it feels like eternity that is going by while we wait to hear an answer from you. 47. Remember, I pray thee, what is lifetime? Wherefore in vain hast thou created all the sons of men? I think I know where this is going. It's going to say again, our lives are too short for you to discipline us. Just let us be happy and we'll praise your name during our short lives. 48. Who is the man that liveth and doth not see death? He delivereth his soul from the hand of Sheol. Selah. This verse is saying that no man can cause himself to live forever. We can't cause our body to live forever, but Jesus can save our soul forever. 49. Where are thy former kindnesses, O Lord? Thou hast sworn to David in thy faithfulness. He's saying, bring back the kindness that you showed us at the beginning of King David's reign. 50. Remember, O Lord, the reproach of thy servants. I have borne in my bosom all the strivings of the people. He's carrying a burden for his people. He feels terrible for them because of what they're going through. And he says, remember, Lord, we've been rebuked, we've been punished. Please restore us now. And the strivings of the people would refer to Absalom trying to take over the kingdom. 51. Wherewith thine enemies reproached, O Jehovah, wherewith they have reproached the steps of thine anointed. He says that your enemies, God, are the same people who are the enemies of King David, the one who you anointed to be king. And that's a great argument. It's saying destroy David's enemies because those are your enemies too. 52. Blessed is Jehovah to the age. Amen and amen. It's really a sign of our arrogant times that today when people are upset, they curse God and they don't believe in him at all. But yet in the Bible, what you see is when people are really upset, they beg God to listen to them and then they bless him. But we live in a society where you flip people off or you say the F word anytime you're angry. That's why a lot of people today treat the Lord the same way. They curse him when they're angry. But this complaint ends with a blessing to the Lord. And that concludes Psalm chapter 89.